0: Hello and welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James. Please like, uh, subscribe, download, do all the cool little things that you love to do with podcasts. I certainly would appreciate it. And while you're at it, make sure you listen weekdays from 3 to 5 to the Charlie James Show on News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. We have really been hearing a great deal lately, at length, ad nauseum about the gender identity and trans movement, not only here in America, but all over the world. And a lot of people have been thinking, like I have, is when did this really start? What was the beginning of all of this? And why did it catch on so rapidly? And not only so rapidly, so vehemently. Why did certainly suddenly all of these people decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to be trans. Because that's exactly what it seemed like happened overnight. I don't think it was overnight. Now, if you look it up on the Internet, you Google something like, when did the trans movement start? It'll take you back to the late 1950s and 60s, Um, the 1959 Cooper Donuts riot in Los Angeles. I'm not making any of this up, by the way. 1966, the Compton's Cafeteria Riot in San Francisco or the Stonewall Riots in New York in 1969. They want you to believe that that is actually when it started, but I'm not buying that. I'm just not buying that that's when all of this trans movement really started. If you really want to go back and kind of look at what I really think has been happening here and all over the planet in in recent years, has been the dehumanization of our society. It is the purposeful confusing of the masses that is going on. And the more confused that you get people, then, then uh, the more easily they are controlled and manipulated. Because if, they don't, if a person doesn't, not, doesn't have faith in something, in really anything, then they can just be led around by their nose with no problem. I believe a lot of this has to do with social media. I believe a lot of this has to do with texting. Now, do I think there's anything particularly wrong with social media? No, not for the most part. Do I think there's anything wrong with texting? No, not really, for the most part. However, it has certainly dehumanized America. You look at when you were a kid and somebody rang the doorbell. Oh, somebody's here. Everybody would rush to see who it was. And it might just be a neighbor dropping by to say hello or to see how you're doing or maybe to bring over a basket of cookies or whatever. But these days, if the doorbell rings, what do most people do? They wonder who in the hell is ringing my doorbell now? Remember back in the days when the phone would ring? You know, the phone that was actually connected to the wall? And people would rush to the phone to see who it was to answer it? When's the last time you answered a phone call and you didn't know who it was? Think about that for a second. How many times do you just say, eh, I'll let it go to voicemail. And then you don't check the voicemail. And how many times do you think to yourself, why don't people just text? Why do They know I'm not going to answer the phone. Why don't they just text me? They know that's how I like to communicate because we have been depersonalized in our society. Interpersonal communication is becoming a more and more rare thing in our lives. That's why my wife and I love the neighborhood that we live in. We really, really do. had a neighbor just drop off a card the other day after after I won the uh, South Carolina Broadcasters Association uh, News Talk Show of the Year. Just dropped off a card. Saw my wife walking the dogs. Hey, check your mailbox. Had another neighbor not long ago. Well, it was about last year. Just had some extra soup. And they brought it by. Thought we might enjoy it. That's awesome. My neighbor went on vacation. I noticed his grass was getting a little tall, so I cut his grass for him. Interpersonal communication. Being neighborly with each other. That's something that this world is absolutely missing. And I think that might be getting towards the root of the problem. With online video gaming, with very little intersocial contact, people just don't know how to relate to other human beings anymore. We just don't. We've lost that. And that's a shame. I mean, I will be the first to admit that I am the world's worst at small talk. I hate small talk. But if you would like to talk about golf or you want to talk about politics or you want to talk about any any of those uh, things that I consider important, I am all ears. We can have a conversation as long as you want to. But small talk, mm-mm, not good at that. I, too, have been caught up in some of this depersonalization. When I say that I don't answer, uh, talk about you not answering your phone, I was really talking about me. I don't answer my phone if I don't know who the person is. I like a text message. Interpersonal communication has been lost. And when you lose interpersonal communication, maybe you don't start feeling like a person yourself. Maybe you start feeling like you're disconnected from humanity. And then you start using terms like non binary. And we all know that there's no such thing as non-binary. You either are an are a one or you're a zero. Not literally, but in the binary world, all computer codes are written with ones and zeros. That's just the way it is. So you're either a one or a zero. There's no mixture there. And that's the way people have started looking at themselves, almost as if they're computer programs, to say that I am non-binary. I don't really know what I am because interpersonal communication has been so lost that personal, inner personal communication has also been lost. We don't know who we are these days. So how can we expect our kids to know who they are? Well, sit back and look at everything that's going on with this trans movement. And just how important it all of a sudden is. This is one of the most mind-boggling things that I have ever encountered. It truly is. Because this is one aspect that the vast majority of us have never really dealt with before. But it is one now that is being demanded of you. Not only do some people in our society believe that they are a gender different than the one they're born with, but they want you to believe it too. They want you to go along with it. I remember watching a Phil Donahue show. Remember Phil Donahue? And it was it was a long time ago. And on this uh, is my grand one of my grandmother's favorite shows. And uh, we were watching that show, and they, they had this woman on, and this woman felt like her leg did not belong to her. And the audience could not believe this. Oh, my goodness, what is this woman talking about? She wanted her leg to be amputated. She was begging her doctor to amputate her leg and that is actually a psychological um a uh, problem there it is called what is the, the name of this um body integrity dysphoria this is a disconnect with the body and the brain where the brain does not recognize or doesn't accept a certain body part so the person wants the body part removed so that they will stop feeling like this that used to be treated as a psychological disorder but apparently it's not really treated that way anymore, especially if that body part has to do with genitalia. The trans community, the trans movement, is the only movement in the medical world that is completely directed by the patient. I could go to the doctor tomorrow and I was going to say, Doc, uh, Doc, I'm just I feel like my arteries are clogged. I want to get a stent in my arteries, in my heart. And my doctor would say, okay, Charlie, well, we'll do an EKG, and we'll shoot some dye up the uh, the artery in your leg, see if we got any blockage up there. Let's let's see what's going on. And he would run a battery of tests on me. I mean, even, even if you say, you know, it, it, this could be anything. Be like, Doc, I, you know, I'd like to have my appendix taken out. Well, let's run some tests, see if there's anything wrong with it. But not in the trans medical community in the trans medical community you can go to your doctor and you can say doc i want to have my male genitalia removed because i am trans no questions asked the doctor will simply schedule your surgery a young lady could go to the doctor and say doc I don't feel like I'm a female. I feel like I'm a boy. I do not want breasts. And the doctor will schedule top surgery for that person. It's literally just that simple. Again, the only field in medicine right now where the patient drives the care. Because if you deny a patient trans surgery, then you are considered a bigot. By a lot of people in our society. That's exactly right. You're considered a bigot. You're considered transphobic. Or whatever it is that they want to call you these days. And there are a lot of people that don't want to be called those things. But even more so. It's more, it's more devious than that. Because at Vanderbilt Hospital. They were caught on camera. Talking about what a cash cow trans surgery was. Because not only... Is the trans surgery expensive, but the follow-up care is also expensive? And there's a lot of follow-up care. This video blew the world up. In fact, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt had to stop their child gender transition surgery center. They no longer do that. And good. I'm glad. I'm glad they were exposed because they weren't really looking out for the patients they were looking out for their own bottom line this is a money maker for hospitals around the around the around the world now not just here in america around the world in fact in 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 north carolina there were three hospitals three hospitals that put out their age limits for transitioning children one hospital was four years old, four years old. The other was three years old. And the last one, two years old. They want you to believe that a child at the age of two knows whether or not they want to be male or female for the rest of their lives. That's unacceptable. I don't know any, any, anybody with any common sense that would say, yeah, that sounds about right. Two years old? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they can make a decision that'll affect their, their entire lives. No, it can't happen. I was reading a story the other day about Britain's first uh, trans couple. It was a biological male and a biological female. The biological male was now the trans female, and the biological female was now the trans male. And they had a child. Five-year-old child, and then they said, "And our child is transitioning too." Well, that just made me feel really good, and I'm sure it does you too. There's no way a five-year-old child can be able to tell you honestly that they are transitioning. It's just this is child abuse at its worst, because this child, you know, was taught this behavior. Saw another video of a young. It was a trans girl. I guess it was a, I don't know, I get confused. It looked to be a female, and this female was asking a young child, very young, looked to be about two years old, if they were a boy or a girl. Are you a boy or a girl? Are you a boy or a girl? Are you a boy or a girl? And then the child said, I'm a boy. She said, no, you're a girl. You're a girl. Forcing this on this child. Is this what a common sense society does? No, it's not. But again, you have to go along with it. Because if you don't, you're labeled a bigot. If you don't, you're labeled anything they want to call you. Folks, what's going on in the world today has got to stop. It really does. Now, I read a story, uh, I talked about this on the air. There was a coach in Pennsylvania that is trans, biological male, identifies as a female, decides this coach wants to go in as tennis coach by the way this biological male tennis coach wants to now go into the girl's locker room while they are changing and when parents have an issue about this well guess who's the bad guy here the parents are You do have some brave people out there. Riley Gaines is speaking out against this. Some members of the NBA are speaking out against this. Even Martina Navratilova is saying, no, uh, men competing with women in athletics, that's where we draw the line. But we should have drawn the line a long time ago. It didn't have to get to this point, but it was allowed to get to this point. How much further it's going to go? I don't know. But I do predict that one of the biggest fields in medicine in the upcoming years is going to be de-transitioning. People that have realized that at an early age uh, to start taking puberty blockers or having top and bottom surgery are going to start realizing pretty soon that they have made a tragic, horrible mistake and it's going to be too late. And our society failed them. The media failed them. The medical community failed failed them. Their parents failed them. And they're the ones that are going to pay the price. This is the Checkpoint Charlie podcast.